This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1350 ESPN. Happy Friday. It is a good Friday. And man, oh man. Woo! Jenny, how are you, man? We're, we're, we're back in the studio. We're back at the saddle, so they say. They were right. <laughs> Aerosmith said that, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, we are back in studio here on 1350 ESPN, ESPN Des Moines. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of us, uh, part of this with us on a Friday. Man, we have a ton to get to. Coming up in about 15 minutes, Michael Swain is going to join us from 24-7 Sports Covers Iowa State because ISU's uh, spring football begins next week. Iowa's began this week. We've talked a little bit about that. And Iowa State begins next week, and it's fairly, it's interesting because... Iowa State's Matt Campbell, their head coach, doesn't view spring the same after COVID kind of wiped out a lot of the contact they were able to do because of the, the physical toll it takes on you in spring. Right. And it kind of worked out for Iowa State last year. I, 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 I would right. say so. I would like, say so. Yeah, best, best season in school history. I think. Right. It, so I, I believe Matt Campbell, from stuff I have read at his website, Campbell is going to kind of back off the hard contact in the spring and try to recreate some of that magic from last year. So we'll talk to Michael Swain coming up in about 13 minutes from right now. We could extend this next segment for four hours. It's time to look back at the last seven days. This is the week that was and the weekend that will be. This is Wicked's World on 1350 ESPN. Oh, man, we could do a whole... Bu- we, the weekend that is, it's the Final Four. Is there anything that matters more than the Final Four? The two games tomorrow, Gonzaga uh, and UCLA, Baylor-Houston. Is there anything else in your world besides those two games? Um, Some baseball, but whatever. I would say, yeah, I've got, I've got, I'm more into the Final Four right yeah. now because obviously my brackets are uh, they're toast. Every, everybody. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's toast. Everybody's toast, but Gonzaga... I mean, we talked about this last week mm-hmm. in our podcast, in our video cast yep. as well, um, that they're the real deal. And they're I, great. I always thought they were that tournament team that goes this far. Always. And then I have two. Remember, I told you my two rules of, of, of sports betting, and I'm not a great sports better, so I don't do it a lot. Right. Don't ever bet against Tom Brady. And you're <laughs> all right. And don't ever bet on Gonzaga. Right. And, and Gonzaga may bust that. And I picked against Tom Brady three months ago. I thought the Chiefs were a lock. Was he? Get a rubber cuff. When Tom is listening to you, that's you just can't do that. Um, uh, I just saw a feature on a Detroit Lion who made some comment to him about being finished, and that was twelve years ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> guess who's out? Uh, guess who's out of the NFL that right lion now? The Lion is not playing anymore. Not playing anymore. Uh, so that's all that really matters this weekend. Baseball is back. We'll talk a little bit about opening day. We'll get to the massive baseball story that happened like an hour and a half ago. Uh, but to go through a couple of headlines real quick, bad news for Drake fans. Joe Yesifu is transferring. Joe! Say it ain't so, Joe! You know what I love? You and I, for the last couple of weeks leading up to the end of their season, were like, man, Yesifu's coming to his own. Man, it's so good to see Joe Yesifu. Yes, man. man this guy's going to be a great player. Drake's got everybody coming back. He and Tank Hemphill in the backcourt next year. Everybody in the Missouri Valley Conference better watch out. Two weeks later, Yesifu's transferring. <laughs> <laughs> but God. <laughs> well, never mind. See, that's what happens. I mean, I don't know if there's a problem between Yesifu and Coach DeVries. If he doesn't like Des Moines, doesn't like Iowa, whatever. But that's what happens with these mid-major guys that have a couple of years, and in this era we're in with the transfer portal, 
couple of good games. The run he's been on since Roman Penn got hurt. The game winner he hit in the, the, the semifinals of the, the Valley Conference Tournament. I mean, Yesifu's, you talk about NBA stock. Yesifu's transfer stock, he's going to go to a big-time program. He'll go to a Power 5 program. That's exactly what this is all about. Mm-hmm. And his whole, I'm de- you know, I'm de- always be dedicated to the fans and Drake, yada, yada. No, you won't. Why don't you just say it? I want just to be- <laughs> say it. I played the best basketball of my life I'm- when it counted, and I'm out. I'm capitalizing on the last two weeks of my career. Yeah, that's a smart move. And he's got two years of eligibility left, so good luck to Joe Yesifu. Luca Garza won a bunch of awards this week, including the AP Player of the Year. Like we said, great college career. He's going to the Oscar Robertson, the Lute Olsen, the AP Player, Big Ten Player. There's another one that he won. Like, it's Luca Garza award season in Iowa. Right. Uh, Iowa State got a second transfer portal commitment. Other college basketball news. Oh, 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 oh. oh What's what? Oh, oh, what did oh, I miss? Oh, oh. What? Yes. All right. Oh, they got a kid named Robert Jones, I think, from Denver. Right. Yeah. Here's the other thing that we have neglected to throw out there yet, and I know you know it's coming. What's up? Because I tossed it out before the show, and he went, oh! <laughs> Yesifu may be going to Iowa State because he has not announced where he's going. No, he has, he's, there's a point. I mean, when the transfer portal hits, it's like, oh, man, you got all these guys who are unhappy from all different parts of the country, whether it's playing time, coaching change, whatever. It just didn't work out for him. If Yesifu winds up at Iowa State Ooh. or Iowa... Oh. I don't know if you want. Where's Where's Joe from? Do we know? Do we Do you know? Is he from here? It's a good idea that we don't know where Joe Yesifu is from, <laughs> because I think Joe is happy that way. Because someone would probably teepee his house. He's from, from Bol- Iowa. If he does that, Bolingbrook or is it Bolingbrook? Bol- Bolingbrook, 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 Illinois. Yeah. So maybe he goes back home. Maybe Maybe the Illini would take him. Maybe so, I don't know. Who knows? You never know. Why wouldn't you play for the Illini right now? Uh, college basketball is Roy Williams has decided to uh, hang him up as the head coach at North Carolina. I mean, not too many guys have, what, 400 wins at two schools. It's Roy- wow, that's right, because he was there. It's Roy Williams, and that's the end of the list. It's it. That's it. It's the only guy that's got that many wins at two schools. And he did it at, at Kansas. He did it at North Carolina. And earlier this week, he made the announcement that he was going to hang him up. Everybody wants to know the reason, and the reason is very simple. Every time somebody asked me how long I was going to go, I would always say, as long as my health allows me to do it. But deep down inside, I knew that the only thing that would speed that up if I did not feel that I was any longer the right man for the job. I'm not going to say the best man because I never thought I was the best at anything. But 15 years at Kansas, I thought I was the right man. And this time at North Carolina, I thought I was the right man. I no longer feel that I am the right man for the job. Two-time AP Coach of the Year, two-time ACC Coach of the Year, three-time Big 12 Coach of the Year, four-time Big 8 Coach of the Year. Uh, I'm crying for the man. I mean, he's I one of the all-time greats, Dot. Dad Gummit, you know, he's a nice, seems like a nice guy. Uh, I sat behind him once at a high school basketball tournament. Oh, no kidding. What yeah. was he doing there? He was recruiting a kid named J.P. Tokido, who played at Menominee Falls High School in Wisconsin, just outside of Milwaukee. Did J.P. go play for him? J.P. went to North Carolina, okay. left early, hell of an athlete. Like, he was the guy. Menominee Falls is a suburb, decent basketball program, but when you get a real special player like J.P. Tokido, right. you know he's the best player in the history of the school. <laughs> okay. Right. And you know that every team is going to forget about the other four guys that are on the floor and double and triple team 
the star like that. Tokido was a crazy freak athlete. I, I, I remember sitting in there. It was Brandon Jennings, who used to play for the Bucks. Yeah. It was his tournament, and my buddies and I went, and I was sitting there in the second row, and then there was this crowd of guys that walked in around an old man with white hair and a powder blue sweater. I'm like, that's Roy Williams. He's here to see JP, isn't he? And he had not yet committed to go to North Carolina yet. That's when you know you're the absolute badass when Roy Williams is actually at your basketball yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And he's just sitting there, you know, he's not eating popcorn or a hot dog or whatever it was. He doesn't have to come to your game to offer you a scholarship to North no. Carolina. You, you just have to walk in. Yeah, I mean, what? who wants... Listen, I loved my time in, in Milwaukee, yeah. but nobody wants to come to Milwaukee in March. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, no. why would you want to do that? It's still 14 degrees, and there's still ugly brown snow on the ground. You and I were both upper Midwest kids, and I we get it. I the upper Midwest. Yeah, and I, we get oh, it. yeah. <laughs> but he needed to go see JP play. He needed to be there, and, and, and good luck to Roy, whatever he does. Uh, he had a, an interesting comment as well, because this was yesterday, and he wanted to make sure people realized that this wasn't a joke. It's now a good time to say April's Fool and say gotcha and get the crap out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way... April's Fool. April's Fool, yeah, and, and get the crap out of here. Love that guy. What other coach could totally get away with saying <laughs> that than Roy Williams? Somebody else would have been all over that. He said, crap. I'm just yeah. mad because he said April's Fool. April's Fool. I, I think there had to be something. He was chewing the lozenges at the time. The uh, the other coaching move that happened this week, uh, well, a couple of them. Bill Self got a lifetime contract at Kansas. I know, I know they love Bill Self at Lawrence, and I spent some time in Kansas City around a lot of college basketball fans, a lot of KU fans. Right. But Bill's got a rep of choking, taking the number one team in the country or a top four team in the country into the NCAA tournament and choking it away. Okay. I'm a Minnesota fan. Yeah. All right. Um... I guess I would much rather have that than <laughs> what you can't even get you there. All right? You I know, don't want to hear about it, all right? Richard Patino didn't do it for you. Clem Haskins was the... He Clem was a great Clem, coach. Clem was a great coach. Dirty coach. Yeah. But a great coach. Oh, come on. What coach isn't dirty in some way, shape, or form? They just have somebody else doing it for him. That's very true. All right. Uh, yeah, Shaka, throw that out there. Shaka Smart left Texas for the Marquette job. He went home to Milwaukee to go coach Marquette. Who did you think was supposed to get that gig? I thought that was a great... I, Shaka doing it surprised me, but in the grand scheme, Shaka was up for it before they butchered the hiring and, and, and went for uh, Wojo, Steve Wojciechowski, seven years That's ago. That's right. I remember that. So there was, ton, there, were, there was a great Shaka burner Twitter account that was messing with every Marquette fan in, in Wisconsin because there was all these rumors about how there's a flight leaving from Virginia Commonwealth, wherever flying into Milwaukee, and they were like, and Shaka, the Shaka burner account's like, I'm on this flight. And it's just all these rumors about him. And they went with Wojo, and it was a terrible decision. And, and Shaka wound up going to Texas and didn't have a ton of success with Texas. Won the Big 12 tournament this year. Other than that, not a lot of success. But he goes back to, he goes back home. And he gets to go play, you know, coach, I should say, uh, Marquette, which is where he is from. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought Porter Moser. The head coach at uh, Loyola, who's been to the Final Four and surprisingly got beat by Oregon State a couple of, you know, last weekend. I thought that dude, because Chicago being so close to Marquette, so close to Milwaukee, there's a lot of Chicago money at and from Marquette. I thought that was a logical step. Then I thought he's going to get the Indiana job. Mike Woodson gets the Indiana job. They go the Juwan Howard route, the old, the old player, played under Bob Knight. Uh, coached in the NBA, 
I thought that was going to be where Moser would go. I don't know if Porter Moser, unless he's been hired since we've been on the air, I don't think he's going to be anywhere besides Loyola next year. I, I really was hoping that Minnesota was holding out for him. Nope, they, they jumped the shark and whoever they got. Ben Johnson, a former player. Uh, I, yeah, that's... I don't get that one. I don't understand that. And then Texas <laughs> hired Chris Beard to replace Shaka. Beard was the head coach that took Texas Tech to the national championship a couple of years ago. This tells you one thing. I bet you Porter just put it out there that, you know, I really don't want to go anywhere. He may be happy. He might yeah. be trying to do it Loyola, what Mark Few was doing at Gonzaga. Right. You never know. So that was the week that was. A ton of stuff. We haven't even gotten to the big story, which we will coming up in about 15 minutes, and that is the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Two hours ago, the announcement was made that Major League, Baseball's, Major League Baseball is pulling the All-Star Game out of Atlanta, out of Georgia, where they have just signed into law all of these new voting laws, rules, restrictions, hmm. Major League Baseball has decided to pull the All-Star game out under a lot of pressure. We've got a couple of ideas where it could be. I've got one great idea where it should go. And we're going to talk about the history of that city, those laws, and what Major League Baseball has decided to do. We'll do that at 4.30. But up next, we're going to talk to Michael Swain from 247sports.com. He covers Iowa State. I don't think there's ever been an offseason as exciting as there has been for Iowa State going into this one, or that there is right now. Their spring practice starts Monday. We'll talk to Michael Swain coming up next. On a good Friday, it is Wicket's World here on 1350 ESPN. Watch us on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. You can also follow us on Twitter at ESPN DSM. Uh, coming up on Monday, it is the start of uh, Iowa State spring football. I love spring football because I love football. Like I, To me, like we're in that weird position in sports where it's like, okay, I get college basketball, but I only get it a little bit because the Final Four is Saturday, Monday, Sprinkle in baseball. The NBA, to me, we're not to the NBA playoffs yet, so it's not like diehard, can't-miss stuff. So you get some spring football mixed in. Joining us from 247sports.com, Cyclone Alert, Michael Swain is with us. Michael, appreciate the time so much. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. You mentioned it, though. It's a uh, very exciting time for Iowa State fans. Got spring football starting up within the last week and of course the uh, head coaching change so a lot, lot going on in a uh, cyclone world right now before we get to football what has the reception been like on your message boards because i'm all over your website i don't have a ton of time to banter back and forth with people on the boards but what has the reaction been like to the hiring of tj otzelberger i think it's been maybe a little mixed i think there are some people that would have preferred if the search maybe was a little more extensive than it appeared to be you know jamie pollard said that they only formally interviewed one candidate, and that candidate was T.J. Alsoberger. So I think some fans maybe would have preferred if it had drawn on for more than, I think it was like 62 hours in between announcements of Steve Prohm uh, being let go or mutual parting ways. Um, that was the language of it. But I think there's that. But I think a lot of people are also excited because it's a familiar face, someone that's had success bringing talented players to Iowa State in years past, um, and someone that brings a lot of energy. You know, certainly getting to talk to him and some of the staff members um, this past week, they are a high-energy group in general, um, which I think can rub off on the fans to some degree. But I think big picture, you know, fans will give T.J. Osberger time because he's kind of one of us, you know, one of us, the Cyclones. And so I think the big thing for him is going to be, you know, how long is this rebuild going to take? Because we've already seen a few players enter the transfer portal. We've seen them add two players from the transfer portal. They could add more, of course, in the coming months. So 
seems like the roster is really in flux right now, and that could maybe determine the time that this rebuild could take because at this point, you know, it's not too often that teams go 0-18 in Big 12 play, and to bring an entire team back probably wasn't likely, but it'll be interesting to see the pieces that they're able to add this offseason. Talking with Michael Swain, Iowa State beat writer from 247sports.com. Follow him on Twitter at mswain247. Michael, I, I know that it's so strange because normally at this time, if you're an Iowa State fan, you're hoping the basketball team is still playing, and you're like, ah, football. But not this offseason. Everybody <laughs> is coming back. I mean, this has to be, I would imagine in your time covering the Cyclones, but this has to be the most excited fan base I think Iowa State's ever had in spring. Yeah, well, it, well it's very interesting, too, because I'm just now approaching one year that I've been on the beat. I started covering Iowa State last June. Well, you're the so damn good luck charm, Michael. We're going to keep you around. I know that that was kind of the joke I was getting to. Is that all of a sudden, you know, I come from Kansas, where you know it's football oh. instead of basketball, or you know, where football is really bad, basketball is really good, and all of a sudden it seems like I've come here and it's uh, it's all flipped. But you know, it's interesting that all of a sudden it seems like on a whim. You know, Matt Campbell has really been able to accelerate the growth of the program. You know, with the likes of Brees Hall, Brock Purdy, and a lot of those guys being back. And then you look at you know some of the seniors that use that extra COVID year. You know, Greg Eisworth. You know. Charlie Kohler, you know, a lot of, you know, high-end talented guys. You know, Greg Eisworth could be a four-time All-Big 12 selection if he gets that this season. So it's so fascinating to see how quickly I think things have changed where, you know, I think it was, what, you know, two seasons ago I was covering the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City when Iowa State beat Kansas to win the Big 12 title. So you know, it's just crazy how, you know, fast things have changed on both sides. They've got the quarterback coming back. They've got the running back coming back. They got a tight end coming back. They got a receiver coming back. What's not coming back on offense that concerns Matt Campbell? Uh, it's probably the their kind of big tight end that blocks. Um, Dylan Sainer really filled that role and really excelled. He's someone that is incredibly talented in terms of being able to get big people out of the way for Brees Hall. But also, I think he showcased some of his pa- ability in the passing game too. So I think a lot of the not pressure, but I think you're going to be looking for someone like Jared Russ to step up. You know, Dylan Sainer missed the West Virginia game last fall with a, an ankle injury, and sure enough, Jared Russ stepped in and did a pretty good job, and Iowa State went on and just smacked West Virginia. And that was a good West Virginia defense, too. So I think you're probably looking at him in terms of the guys that need to step up on offense in terms of who isn't returning. But I think if you're looking at maybe a position group that Iowa State needs more production from, if you're talking about a college football playoff contender, it's going to be the wide receiver group. Talking to Michael Swain, Iowa State beat writer for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at mswain247. I'm Mike Wicken here on 1350 ESPN. Let's talk Brock Purdy. Uh, have you ever seen a guy get the ball early in his career and just improve at a, a, a good amount every single year? I mean, is this kid ready to take another step to be, can I say Heisman with Brock Purdy? Is that a thing, Michael? Yeah, you, you definitely could because I think if you look at, you know, what, what is a Heisman candidate, it's someone that is at an important position at a really good team that is most likely going to be competing for the college football playoff, and that's exactly what Brock Purdy has the opportunity to do. I think if you're talking about Brock Purdy, I think the, the big thing for him is going to be the overall consistency uh, game-to-game and drive-to-drive because we've seen what really good Brock Purdy looks like. You know, end of last season, for example, there was a stretch there where he was completing 70% of his passes for 10 yards in attempt, you know, over the final three games of the season. And then it was even a microcosm of that in the Big 12 title game where he throws, you know, I think it was, what, three interceptions and then 
all of a sudden bounces back in the second half and is just lights out. So I think for him it's going to be all about can he really be consistent throughout the entire season, you know, through all 12 games, because it is a long football season. So if he's able to be consistent, not turn the ball over, and if that deep passing game comes back, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that Brock Purdy could be a Heisman contender. Because if you think if Brock Purdy is playing at his best, that means the Iowa State offense is going to be clicking with Brees Hall, which means really good things. Well, if Brees Hall, to me, looks like an NFL football player. That guy looks oh, like yeah. a, he, he looks like one of those, you know, not the biggest dude in the world, not the tallest dude in the world, but a muscular, thick fire hydrant that is tough to take down. I feel like if he was eligible for the NFL draft, he would be an NFL draft pick this year. Lucky for Iowa State, he's got to come back at least one more. What do you expect out of him in spring? What do you expect out of Purdy in spring? Because I know Matt Campbell doesn't really like, or at least he learned last year, that going full contact in spring maybe hurts a football team. Yeah, and that's the interesting part about it. I think this spring in general has been maybe the messaging coming out of Iowa State has been they're going to not take a light, but some of the guys that they're expecting to take a lot of snaps this fall, those guys aren't going to be grinding every day on the practice field. They're all going to be at practice, of course, but they aren't going to be the guys that are, you know, taking a ton of reps with pads on some of the beatings. You know, we talked to Jeff Myers earlier this week, the offensive line coach, and he said that they're going to be trying to get a lot of game tape, or at least he is in terms of the offensive line. He's going to try and get more game tape of the guys that they didn't see much of last fall because, you know, you didn't have the extra non-conference games against UNI, Drake, or whoever, where maybe some of those guys are able to come in and get some extra snaps. So I think it'll be really interesting to see as this spring unfolds, you know, how the guys like Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, how their bodies feel, and maybe what their reaction is this spring. Because, of course, they love football. They're going to want to play and, and be physical and do all that because that's why they play and that's why they're at this level is because they love it so much. But it'll be very interesting to see from their perspective of, of what that feels like and also getting, you know, some more time under Dave Andrews because, man, I, they're, if you're talking about turning points in terms of Matt Campbell era, you know, hiring Dave Andrews has been one of them because the early, you know, we're a year into his era, you know, of being the strength coach and everything has been incredibly positive from guys like Mike Rose saying that they felt really good at the end of last year, you know, to guys like on the offensive line saying that they had a ton of gas in the tank in November and December, which – they compared that to years in the past where they felt like they were maybe more worn out, had more niggling injuries, you know, a, a hurt shoulder here, you know, a knee that's not feeling great there. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, as the spring unfolds, how some of the players react to maybe not necessarily having a grueling spring like you would see at some other programs. Okay, uh, Mike, J.D., you had a question. Uh, some guys that I work with are huge Cyclone fans, and one of the questions they had is, uh, is there anybody – that we will not recognize that's going to come out of nowhere that's going to help the cyclones in in, in kind of like a in, in a big status uh, uh kirk wanted to know that uh, on our live feed so that's just what come i'm stepping in and asking that question for him definitely of course um jaquan amos i think that's a really big thing you know he's a, a graduate transfer from villanova he's someone that had a funny tweet this week where he uh, i guess some big 12 programs had reached out to him and were trying to you know gauge if he was willing to look elsewhere and he was like no I'm locked in going to Iowa State. So he's someone that I think fans should look out for. Of course, Lawrence White uh, departed after last year. He barely left the field at an important free safety position for Iowa State. So Jaquan Amos most likely will come in and play that free safety spot. But the thing about him, too, is he's more of like a, a nickelback, which you'd see in the NFL, where he can play safety, he can play some corner. And Iowa State fans know that kind of that second corner spot next to Anthony Johnson has been a little iffy at times. So he's someone that, let's say, you know, a Daytron Young isn't having the best game. He could theoretically slide over the corner, 
play there and then switch back over to free safety later in the game if they so choose. So he's someone that isn't going to be on campus this spring. He'll be there this summer. Um, but he's definitely a name that you know Cyclone fans maybe won't be familiar with right now. But when we get in the midst of the season, it wouldn't surprise me if he's one of the more uh, up-and-coming guys that you know really stands out. Talking to Michael Swain, he's the Iowa State beat writer for 247sports.com on Twitter at mswain247. I'm Mike Wickett here on 1350 ESPN. How surprised were you? And, and maybe you, you know this is a longer conversation to be had here, Michael, but how surprised are you that Matt Campbell is still the head coach at Iowa State? Before I got to Iowa State, I would have been very surprised, or I would say I was very surprised. I think now that I've been around the team a little bit longer, I'm, I'm not as surprised because I think Matt Campbell strikes me as someone that is um, loyal, I think is a really good word, um, and wants the best for Iowa State and really cares about Iowa State. I think you can see that in not necessarily you know, flirting with a ton of NFL jobs, not necessarily flirting with every college football opening that comes up. You know, There's a difference between people on the outside, I think, linking a name to a job and the actual coach flirting with jobs. And I don't think I've not gotten the sense that Matt Campbell has actually flirted with any other jobs. And I think that that maybe, to me, stands out. And when I hear people say, you know, well, Matt Campbell will leave after X years. Well, why? You know, I think the last season showed you that Matt Campbell can build a Big 12 title contender at Iowa State. And if you're able to contend for big titles, you know, you're subsequently going to be able to contend for college football playoff spots because the Big 12 is a great conference. So I think you can win at Iowa State. Matt Campbell has shown that. And I think if people are going to, you know, try and poke holes in that, I just don't think it's necessarily the smartest thing to do because Matt Campbell has proven people wrong once and as someone that maybe gets to cover more of the recruiting side of things, it's it's pretty exciting what's going on where you're getting a lot more of the high three-star, maybe pushing into some of the four-star stuff where if you look up and down the roster, you know, Brock Purdy was a, a mid-three-star. You know, a lot of guys on the team were kind of the, the mid-three-stars. You know, Brees Hall, of course, was a, an All-American four-star, but there aren't a ton of guys that, you know, are the highly rated recruits. I believe there's only four four-stars on the roster right now. So I think what's really exciting is the fact that you think long-term, what happens if Iowa State goes to the Big 12 title game again this year? Then all of a sudden you're looking at the class of 2023 where they've had two seasons of watching Iowa State go and play on the biggest stage in the middle of December, which is a really big thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if a year after year we see Matt Campbell linked with other jobs, but um, I would be a little surprised, I think, if he were to bolt at this point. So basically, J.D., Michael is telling me to stop pushing Matt Campbell out the door <laughs> to a bigger program. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty big, uh, pretty big comment. That, that, that are, yes, you're that, right. That was, that was Michael's way of saying Wicket piped down about Matt Campbell to the Jets or Matt Campbell to Ann Arbor or Matt Campbell to anywhere. Michael, I got it. I appreciate it. It is going to be a fun spring uh, practice season for the, Haw- for, me, for the Cyclones. I'd love to have you back on if you don't mind. Yeah, of course, definitely, anytime. We will definitely do that. Michael, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course, definitely. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it, too. Michael Swain, Iowa State beat writer for 247 Sports. That's 247sports.com on Twitter at mswain247. Good guy to have on. First time ever had him on. And uh, I think when we start talking some Iowa State football on a regular basis, we'll have to have Mike back on with us. I'm curious. One thing I want to ask him next time he's on. Yeah. If... This continues the way, which I think Matt Campbell is going to do. Does Iowa State ever sustain top three status in the Big 12? That's what I want to know. No, they haven't, but I I can they? I was going to see. That's probably the first goal. And how about this? 
you get a team built like this, Matt's doing his job the way he's supposed to. How about a kid having conflict now as to what Iowa school in-state, as an in-state kid, he's going to want to go to? That, it, it, it's not the dumb... I mean, two years ago, I would have said you're crazy. Right. Because every kid growing up in this state wants to go play for Kirk Ferentz. Right. But all of a sudden, if... if I-35's looking pretty good. Well, if Iowa State... Let's say, I mean, Iowa... I don't know how good they're going to be this year. You know, in, in, in Iowa, you never know. You can pencil them in for at least seven wins. Maybe ten... But always seven, right? <laughs> it's always going to be seven. Yes, sir. Iowa State, you used to pencil in for three. Now, Iowa State's if, if Campbell can sustain this for a while, it would not surprise me if things come close to evening out. I don't think it'll ever be even-even, mm -hmm. but I think it'll come closer. Like right now, I'd say it's 70-30 Iowa I don't think Ferens is worried too much. No. He's probably sitting there going, oh, I you saw this with Dan McCarney. You idiots you know? down there on the radio. <laughs> All right. All I got to do is throw that Hawkeye helmet on the table, and I can get any kid out of Clive that I want. All right. right. <laughs> All right. Coming up, the biggest story in the country. It is, it, it's going to upset some people when we talk about this, but big news out of Major League Baseball. We are going to get to it coming up on the other side, right here on 1350 ESPN. Phone lines are open, 515-244-1350. This is Wicket's World on 1350 ESPN. Thanks again to Michael Swain from 247sports.com for joining us to talk some Iowa State football. Uh, so this is the biggest story ever, <laughs> or at least this week's biggest story ever. Uh, thanks for tuning in, by the way. I'm Mike Wickett. This is Wickett's World. That is J.D. Justice on the other side of the glass. Hello. Uh, here on ESPN Des Moines. Major League Baseball announced today that the season's All-Star Game and MLB Draft will not be held in Atlanta. This is in response to Georgia's recently passed laws that place new restrictions on voting. They have not yet announced the new host city. We'll get to that in a moment because I have a great idea for it. Uh, this is from Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred in a statement. Over the last week, we have engaged in thoughtful conversations with clubs, former and current players, the Players Association, and the Players Alliance, among others, to listen to their views. I have decided that the best way to demonstrate our values as a sport is by relocating this year's All-Star Game and MLB draft. End quote. Georgia recently passed new voting laws leading critics to call for boycotts of companies based in the state and for sports leagues to consider making big events, moving big events, excuse me. Chief executives and other high-ranking leaders from more than 100 companies, including Target, Snapchat, and Uber, issued a public statement on Friday opposing any measures that deny eligible voters the right to cast ballots. Manfred released this statement as well. Major League Baseball fundamentally supports voting rights for all Americans and opposes restrictions to the ballot box. The new law in Georgia introduces new impediments to voting, reducing the number of drop boxes in heavily African-American areas and allows the state to intervene to assert control over the conduct of elections in Democratic counties. I didn't know there were Democratic counties. I didn't know there were Republican counties, but all right. It shortens the time available for absentee votes and introduces new registration requirements that campaigners say are designed to target black voters. The governor of the state of uh, Georgia, Brian Kemp, who's been on TV a lot lately, he said in a released statement, Today, Major League Baseball caved to fear, political opportunism, and liberal lies 
Georgians and all Americans should fully, fully understand what the MLB's knee-jerk decision means. Cancel culture and woke political activists are coming for every aspect of your life, sports included. If the left doesn't agree with you, the facts and truth do not matter. Uh, that is from the governor of the state of Georgia. There's a very full statement from Stacey Abrams, who is the Georgia House Democratic leader. She also has been fighting for a lot of uh, political activism in the state of Georgia as well. So Major League Baseball is pulling the All-Star game out as seemingly punishment because Major League Baseball doesn't like the laws passed by Georgia. I have seen a lot of companies release statements. Delta is a hub in the busiest airport on the planet mm. <laughs> down there at Atlanta's airport, which yeah, is a city. you got to take a train to get places there. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's literally planes, trains, right. and automobiles to get to your flight. <laughs> yes, it is. Down there. They have come out. Now, I don't know what they're going to do. I think, and I don't, listen, I spent a couple of years doing political talk radio, and I don't really want to dive into the we can't be friends if you disagree with my politics world because I've done that, and it's, it's it, it, that's not why I got into sports radio. But sports and politics often intervene. They have forever. Whether or not you've liked it, whatever. Go back to the earliest occasion you can remember where politics intervened. That I can remember? That, well, I mean, that, I, you, that you have learned, or maybe you remember yourself, or, you know, you learned over the years. What, what, what sticks in your mind that the earliest you can see baseball being involved in politics? Um, I know, well, again, I wasn't around for Muhammad Ali, mm -hmm. but Muhammad Ali protesting the war. Yeah. That, that sticks out. Um, oh, who were the two Olympians who put their fists up? Oh, I know we're talking about at the Olympics. Yeah, I can't, yep. I can't yep. think of their names, but that pops into my head immediately. Sure. Um, John Wooden fought for equal opportunity rights mm -hmm. when he was the head coach at UCLA. Dean Smith, a legend for what he did, not just as a basketball coach, but fighting for equal rights for his black players. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, again, that was I watched some Dean Smith basketball, but I was a teenager. You know, nowadays, like it or not, Politics is more involved in sports, or everywhere. sports is more involved with politics. So, yeah, politics is involved everywhere, whichever yeah. way you want to say it, you're right, than ever. And if you are Major League Baseball and you have a large percentage of your sport that is black, um, and you see these laws and you believe that they are restrictive towards the voting rights of black people, if you don't do anything, are you? Let me ask you: If they don't pull out of the, if they don't move the All Star Game, mm -hmm. I don't think anybody says, "Well, Rob Manfred supports restricting blacks from voting." No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think they were proactive, trying to make a statement. Now, I, I imagine guys like Clay Travis and all the, you know, uh, Ben Shapiro, and everybody's going to have a field day with this. There's no doubt in my mind; it's going to go that way. You know, Atlanta's going to fight this decision. Well, the Braves have put out a statement, as a matter of fact. The Atlanta Braves are deeply disappointed by the decision of Major League Baseball to move its 2021 All-Star Game. This was neither our decision nor our recommendation, and we are saddened that the fans will not be able to see this event in our city. The Braves organization will continue to stress the importance of equal voting opportunities, and we had hoped our city would use this event as a platform to enhance the discussion. Our city has always been known 
as a uniter in divided times, and we will miss the opportunity to address issues that are important to our community. Unfortunately, businesses, employees, and fans in Georgia are the victims of this decision. We will continue to support the community legacy projects which have been planned and are in process. So my question, okay, not a question. Yeah. My thing is, I have, okay, without getting too deep, just like you were talking about, mm -hmm. I have always hated politics and sports. Unfortunately, I, it's been there forever. I, it has. No, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I mean, this goes all the way back to uh, number 42. Uh, so Jackie. A, yeah, yeah, Jackie Rowley. Absolutely. Okay, I, and, and did I think that that was fair? Absolutely. He was a fantastic player, and it led the way mm -hmm. for other black players to come into the league. I have no problem with that. Never have. I just, I like my politics being in the voting booth. Well, unfortunately. Not, not yeah. in my TV screen but watching you know my who, favorite You know team. who I want in the voting booth? Black people. Well, sure. But these, if, and I, listen, I'll. Who says I, they can't? I'm going to put my, my, my politics right for everyone to see. I'm as far left as you can get. Mm -hmm. All right? I'm a Bernie bro, far left, you know, whatever. Biden's not even my cup of tea, but hey. <laughs> You'll take him. I'll take it. <laughs> Did you just see my stimulus come in? Oh, my God. <laughs> you should see the smile on this oh, man's face right God. now. Oh, my God. You should see my lack of credit card debt. It's amazing uh -huh. right now. It's a nice one with three kids, uh, wife, oh, and yeah, yeah. And keep going. Stimmy times five, baby. That's what, that's what came my way. <laughs> right on. I give you that. Uh, uh, but, but there is... There is something to be said about an organization like Major League Baseball, again, who has millions of black fans, hundreds of black players are in the league, to stand up for some of the most restrictive voting rights in America, in their opinion. Mm -hmm. In their opinion, mm -hmm. they believe taking a stand was the right thing to do. What it all comes down to is this, money. Sure it does. This is a risk versus reward thing for Major League Baseball. I don't know if Rob Manfred... The commissioner is sitting in his office right now thinking, i got to stand up for African-Americans. I believe Rob Manfred is trying to figure out, how can this benefit me financially? Because Rob Manfred's getting a poor rating as a, as a commissioner, for the most part. People don't like all the rule changes and everything, and Rob Manfred's done. People don't like it. Does everybody realize that opening day was yesterday? How yeah. many people can raise their hands right now and go, oh, Major League Baseball is on? I, I did. I watched the Brewers and Twins until about the sixth inning. And then the kids I missed the up. end. <laughs> Which is I, the best part oh for a Brewers God, fan. I know. Ah! I know. So my question is, I think the biggest thing with, with the commish is that you've got the Final Four. We talked about it at the top of the hour. The Final Four is going on right now. Mm. It's freaking cold yeah. right now still. People are not into baseball at all. Now all of a sudden, he swings a sledgehammer. Boom! He's got the top story of the week and will be the top story. And again, it's motivated politically. It's going to honk people off on one side, and other sides are going to yeah. applaud it. Yeah. It, it it's, so is he, you're right. It's, it's all on purpose to get the attention of the American people for that reason, because what were we talking about a week ago? Did we say anything about Major League Baseball? No, but they didn't sign these laws into effect. Brian Kemp didn't sign these laws into effect in the state of Georgia until this week. Okay, but this is what I'm saying. Major League Baseball was not being talked about very much at no. all. You had big signings, free agent signings, no. and things like that in offseason. We didn't care. What were we talking about? Football. Darn right. <laughs> football. Football. <laughs> it's always football. Yeah, so as a commish, you're sitting there going, okay... I need to do something because nobody's paying attention to me. Well, that, that could be. It's also financial. I also think that if Rob Manfred is trying to... Because I think there are a lot of people that look... And again, I don't want to get deep into politics I with this. I I, 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 I'm trying I to walk a tight line to not turn this into a political talk show. Right. But if you... 
if you lean one way politically, if you lean the left way politically, you look at these laws and you say they are ridiculous. You can't give anybody free water. You can't sell people water who are waiting in line, which is punishment enough, especially if you're waiting in line for seven hours. You can't sell, a buddy, sell somebody a taco and give them water. It's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. A lot of the other stuff, that's a debate. You want to really know how I feel? Follow me on Twitter at Mike Wicked. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get me, into it's that. it's rather entertaining at times. I have toned myself no. down for the health, uh, for the mom, mental health of my wife. It's going to say, Mama <laughs> had something to do with that one. I know that for a fact. She did. I mean, I guess if we want to think about it, and it's also a city that, like you said, was very much an equalizer when it came to... Um, I was re- that was from the, the brave quality. statement. Yes. That was the brave statement. Yes. Um, what what kind of stinks for the city of Atlanta here, and I'm sure there are people in Atlanta who don't like Brian... Here's the thing, too. I bet there are a lot of people in Georgia who don't like Brian Kemp signing this into law, but still wish they had, could keep the All-Star game. Because it's money that's leaving its exposure for the city, and it was to celebrate a legend. And I want to talk about that coming up on the other side of this quick timeout. Also, one mayor has already reached out to Major League Baseball and penned a letter saying, bring the All-Star game here. I think it's brilliant. It's a smart idea. And we'll tell it to you next. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN DSM. This is Wicket's World on Des Moines, 1350 ESPN. All right, short final segment here on Wicket's World on 1350 ESPN, ESPN Des Moines. Can we stay late? (laughs) We should go another hour, man. Uh, So we're talking a little bit about the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. It's being pulled out of Atlanta because uh, Rob Manfred, MLB commissioner, disagrees with uh, and, and people he has spoken to, not just Rob. It's not just Rob Manfred, you know, trying to bring fire and brimstone as a, you know, power-hungry commissioner, although kind of is. They're unhappy with the restrictive voting rights that have been signed into law in the state of, uh, in the state of Georgia. So I was like, man, this stinks, because it was supposed to be a celebration of the late Hank Aaron. We lost Hank Aaron earlier this year. And if you remember the famous call, we are only six days away from the record-breaking swing by Hammer and Hank. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive in the deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. Fireworks. I still get goosebumps. Great Vince Scully. Mm-hmm. Can we fast forward through the fireworks? Is there a way? Yeah. No, there's almost here. Okay. Almost there. Here we go. What a marvelous moment for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron. There you go. The fact that Henry Aaron in 1974 was getting boos and death threats the previous year and every, you know, every game after for being a black man in the Deep South, breaking Babe Ruth's all-time record mm-hmm. to be celebrated when he did it, and then after his passing for this ruling to happen, there's something poetic about all of it. There's something poetic, whether you like it or not, the dots all connecting here in 2021 is, is amazing. I, I, I briefly throw this out. 
my kids do not understand what that meant back then sure. to this day. I believe, and I know that the mayor of Milwaukee has already sent a letter out asking to move the, the All-Star game, now that it's being pulled from Atlanta, bring it to Milwaukee. I think it would be a tremendous fit. That's where Henry Aaron started his career. That's where Henry Aaron ended his career. And the middle part was down playing for the Braves. But I down in Atlanta. But he was a Milwaukee Brave. He was a Milwaukee Brewer. I think it would be a great thing. Plus, the last time Milwaukee had a uh, had an All Star game, it ended in a flipping tie. I, know, I remember that <laughs> so, in your new stadium. In in the new state, give them a second chance, what? Major League Baseball. Well, it ended in a tie. Give them a second <laughs> chance. Hey, thanks to Michael Swain for joining us from twenty four seven Sports dot com. We will do it again coming up next week. Don't forget. Hit up ESPNDesMoines.com for podcasts and blogs. My name is Mike Wickett. That is JD. Have yourself a great rest of your weekend.